You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com. You can get it early every Tuesday morning on Patreon.com slash Thunderquack. Or you can wait and get it late on podcast services across the galaxy every Friday. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. And I uh, and we're we're back for another episode. And you know what? I realized I I realized that we haven't really talked about um, uh, our previous plan for release schedule was that we we're gonna kind of do three weeks in a row and then take a week off. Um, oh yeah. But we're stuck in our houses and there's nowhere <laughs> to go and there's nothing else to do. So I uh, I think yeah, we're we'll probably prob- just gonna keep going through. But I. Uh, before before we get into what we're going to talk about in this episode, um, Amanda, you you have a new podcast uh, <gasps> that you're going to be releasing in the Thunderquack podcast feed. What we want to tell everybody what it is? I'm so excited. So I am really bored, <laughs> and I have never read Frankenstein, the novel by Mary Shelley, and so I decided to read Frankenstein on a podcast and I'm very excited. So I've been going through, um, and I'm doing it all by myself because I got my, like it all, I think as Mike was like speculating, all you had to do was like, give me a real microphone in my house. And now I'm like, Hey, I have this microphone and I have the ability to, to like, Oh, also it really helped that I have final cut pro now on my like new laptop. Cause I had it on my old laptop so I can like edit stuff and I want to like be creative. So it's called Amanda reads. It's, I, I don't know. I, I apologize. I, it, it came together like as I was doing it. But um, yeah, I'm having a, 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 a so much fun. I've recorded the first part. So it's like there's three parts to the novel. And the first part has seven chapters. So I've gone through and recorded the whole first part of the novel. I've got two more to go. But I think I'm going to... I'm going to try to start releasing them all by myself. So Mike walked me through how to actually upload things. So I apologize if the first one <laughs> doesn't work as well as it should. Um, but I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do it. I'm excited. Mike, you, Mike's even like helping me get some, like a, uh, some theme music and things for it. Although we have to actually talk about how I'm supposed to edit that part together. Cause I haven't really done that yet, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh-huh. Um, you will figure it out. Like most and- things that, that Amanda does, she jumps in feet first <laughs> and then figures out how to swim later. Yeah, exactly. uh, I, but that's okay. That's, but I a, think... that's a legitimate way of learning how to do things. I'm not, it is. I'm not saying it's and not. It's, it's like... just very different from how I would approach it, which is like, I'm going to, I'm going to lay all this out and have a format and figure this out and, and then ignore oh, it and... when I'm in the middle of it. I mean, that's fair. But I do say that like, I've definitely found a groove. Like the, the further in I went, I was like, the first, the first episode is a little rough because it's, first of all, I haven't cold read in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And also the language is so antiquated. Um, so I think I'm going to release like the first two episodes, like in the first week so that people can like 
read one and be like, eh, I don't know. And then, and then you can like listen to the second one and be like, okay, she's getting into it. And then I've got the other two. So yeah, it'll be like, there's four episodes for the first part. So I'll do like basically like two episodes a week until I get through it. I think that's what I'm, that's my, that's what I've come up with just now as I've been saying it out loud that I think how this will go. And it's right now, how it is just a, and actually a really interesting and weird sort of like spoilery. It's like not really spoilers, but you think a novel from 1818 wouldn't necessarily have that much forbearance on modern day life. But I will say I decided to do this podcast because I happen to be at home because we're doing a lot of self-isolation at this time in this crazy world. And in the second chapter, somebody doesn't do a very good job of staying away from somebody else with scarlet fever and they may or may not die. So like, it was just like this weird, like, Oh my gosh. I almost like wanted to stop while I was reading the novel and be like, you guys see how life is so relevant for throughout (laughs) history. And we all do the same thing. Anyways. So it's, it's it's kind of interesting. It's like an interesting, fun science fiction novel. The, the birth of science fiction. I really like it. It's funny how, how you're like, Oh yeah. And all this, this sort of antiquated language and, whatever and then you use the word forbearance which indicates <laughs> to me that you've been reading frankenstein i uh, because that's not forbearance is not a word that most people would use in daily conversation so uh congratulations on that it was impressive um thanks no I'm i also a, sorry go ahead uh, well i also like it it's it was it's like deep cuts like i also found myself pronouncing uh, laboratory, laboratory, which I don't, I don't, I don't call it a laboratory, but it's just like when you get into it, you're like, ooh, this language is so old timey, and these people are so fancy, fancy. And but there's also words where I just say it wrong, and it's like, it's like conscience, but because I'm like reading it out loud, I'm like conscience, and then I'm like, no, that's not how you <laughs> say that word. So it's <laughs> every now and then, but some of them I do get right, where I'm like, ooh. I remember there's like, I don't know, they use they use a lot of like words that once you see it a couple times, you're like, ooh, this other fancy word is coming up, coming up soon. So anyways, it's exciting. If you've, if you've never read Frankenstein or even if you have, it's probably more amusing, actually, if you have, because you'll be like, who is this? What is this girl talking about? But if you haven't read Frankenstein, it might be an interesting way for you to sort of think of it as like a book club where not only do you get to like read the novel along with me because I'll be reading it out loud for you but also then you'll get to like talk about it because I'll give you my lovely colorful commentary as we go and then people can like tweet at me or like email and like have conversations and it'll be like a couple obviously because I'm I'm recorded a couple of them now it won't be like immediate turnaround for like when I'll respond but it might maybe in between the two parts I could do like a special like if people have uh, thoughts or feedback or if you're listening along with me and you want to like comment, I could do like a special episode in between the parts where I sort of talk and like read, read, uh, read listener feedback and things like that. Oh, I'm just getting so excited. This is like my first podcast. It's like baby's first podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the first one that you've been handling on your own. Um, yeah. And initially you started sending me the files and I was like, I don't want to manage this for you like i'm gonna show you how to do this yourself and you can get it up there um no it's good and and this kind of harkens back to some stuff that that we were saying a few episodes ago about the the creativity and the the new projects and and um and art that will come out of this period of of humanity uh and uh, uh i was talking to somebody today about 
about scientific advances and stuff like that that's going to get pushed forward and it's it's one of those things where you can't really predict it too too well but there there are some sort of easy speculation points that you can that you can uh uh you know kind of run through to their conclusions but but um you kind of never know particularly with the art side of it what's gonna what's gonna end up happening Um, and this is a really great example of like you just wanted to read and you had a microphone in front of you and nothing but time and (laughs) isolation (laughs) so why not (laughs) why not create this thing and i think that that's really cool and um and hopefully is one of those things that yeah you're gonna do this while everybody's locked up (laughs) and and isolated (laughs) from one another but hopefully hopefully it's something that we can continue um Sort well, of I in mean, perpetuity even, is as you finish Frankenstein, you can do another book and then another book and just kind of not necessarily all continuous, but just when you when, when I you have when I feel like it, when you feel like it. Yeah. And the thing that's so cool that you that you like sparked for me is that there's a lot of books that I know of but have never read, like yeah. in the same way, like I know of Frankenstein, like it's so it's permeated popular culture in such a way that like it's impossible almost to not know Frankenstein a little bit. But to so to be able to have that context going into something, it means that I'm not just like this, like walking around blind and not really even understanding the context of what I'm reading but it's new to me like I'm ex- I'm discovering yeah. it along with the people that are listening which is kind of cool and there are so many books that I realized like you you commented like HD Wells like the time machine I, of co- how have I not read that yet and so I just yeah. think it's really cool and the, and the thing that I think is even more cool is finding a place for it on Thunderquack because I am particularly drawn to these sort of science fiction narratives and I feel like there's like a very like there's like a parallel or a lateral narrative because I get to talk a little bit about like nerdy things and about science and technology and discovery. And it's just, it's just very cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited for everybody to get to hear these first few episodes and, Mm. uh, and get into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess, I guess we kind of have a little bit of a news section to talk about. There's been a few more, few more uh, delays and and things pushed but most recently um, I, I the the situation with Marvel and Disney is still a little bit uh, unclear we don't really know what's happening with Black Widow we know it's been delayed but we haven't gotten a, a new date for it yet um, right. it's just kind of been pushed indefinitely Um right. Uh, I talked a bit about that on on a quarantine zone episode um, last week, but uh, I Sony came out today and actually um, they they announced a bunch of their movies, uh, their tentpole flicks for for later this year uh, that are all kind of getting um, uh, pushed. I'm just kind of bring up the article here so that i can give the actual dates for the new 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 uh uh dates that they've been pushed to so um, i'm gonna leave the worst for last we'll talk about the other ones first (laughs) um the so uh morbius has been pushed back from july 31st 2020 to march 19th 2021 uh tom holland starring in uncharted which based on the video game series is from March 5th, 2021 to October 8th, 2021. So that's just kind of later that year. 
Um, and then Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, is moved from August 7th, 2020 to January 15th, 2021. Um, honestly, is that because they like, haven't finished actually filming the like live action stuff? Uncharted uh, has not even started filming yet. I think it's still. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Peter Rabbit, too. I don't know. I don't know where that is in production. Um, uh, as well, an untitled Sony Marvel movie was also delayed from an original October 8th, 2021 date and is now undated. So there was no there's no word in this article about Venom, uh, Venom 2, which I believe is set to come out later this year. Um, but it is set to come out, I think in October. Um, so that's one of those ones where it's like, we haven't even gotten a trailer for that yet. Um, it's all kind of, we really haven't seen anything. And I think the reason why we haven't seen anything for Venom two is that it's going to be connected to Morbius. Um, and I think the bigger part of that is that, um, I oh I just got a message from Matt Campbell. He's gonna be really happy to hear this. <laughs> We're in the middle of recording. He just messaged me. Sonic the movie is now available on iTunes. Uh, Ooh. Oh man. Ooh, I got tingles. I'm so excited about this. Um we're right in the middle of the, I guess this is also news, but we talked about that last week that Sonic was going to get But I was looking for it notes. all weekend because I was like trying to cuz I wanted to watch it this weekend, but it wasn't available on any of the platforms. I'm going to check that Google Play right now. I this is breaking news. That's this is breaking news too. for those of you listening on Friday. <laughs> It's been out for days, you guys. Um, yeah. Don't. I'm gonna turn. I'm turning on my TV, but you can ignore it to make a sound. But it's because I want to see if I can rent it with my scene points. Because that's the coolest thing I discovered ever. Is that you can use your scene points on the Cineplex store to watch things, and it's just the best. So, Sonic I am doing that now for Infinity. You need Chrome or no? I'm. But I'm on my phone. Don't do that to me, Google Play. Oh baby, twenty four ninety nine by now. It is available. Oh available. yes. Um, I mean, I'm, I can't watch it until tomorrow because I got to watch it with Kara. But uh, it's already nine thirty. Didn't but, you take it? Didn't you take her to it? Yeah, and we love oh, it. But you just gotta, and we're gonna oh, watch okay. it again and again gotcha. and again and again. Look, okay. all right, okay. I have watched <laughs> Frozen and Frozen Two so many times. <laughs> And I, I, there's a show on Disney Plus called Bluey uh, that I begrudgingly started watching with Kara, and um, it's actually fantastic. I actually, actually, Amanda, you should watch an episode of Bluey because um, Bluey. it's very relevant to. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, it's relevant to to your job. Um, it's I, ah. I would consider it work research. Um, because okay. it is, I'll give, I'll actually give you an episode to watch. Cause there's a particular episode that is like super good that I think that you'll, is this really a like. kid's show? It's a kid's show, but okay. it's, it's very, very well made. The animation is incredible. It's Australian, Australian animated series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The animation is incredible. It's so good. Um, and then the, the, the voice performances are fantastic and the writing is Better than any nice. kid show has a right to be. So we've been watching a lot of Louie, a lot. Like it, there's one season available on Disney Plus, and I haven't researched yet whether or not there's a second season of the show. There but is. is. There's there... 60 episodes in total. Okay. So good. says Wikipedia. Okay. Well, I think there are only 
The, uh, it depends on how they're counting episodes because each oh, episode maybe if has 30 three. episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. But uh, so there's 17 in the first season, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I hopefully we get that second season on Disney Plus soon because we've been around that bend uh, probably about <laughs> five times now. Um, and right Kara is obsessed with it. But I would love to throw on something other than those three things. So um, very cool. Uh, but yeah, I did. I did watch Frozen two uh, on Saturday night and thought of Kara. So nice. My, she, I was I was there with you guys in spirit watching okay. Frozen two. Um, but back to the Sony news. I uh, uh, so Morbius. I think the reason why we haven't heard anything about Venom two is because Morbius is going to set the stage for Venom and Morbius to be in the MCU. Um, oh, for them I to be Googled- connected. I just I know now what it is that you're going to talk about that you're really just devastated about because yeah. I just googled I just googled it and it, yeah. Morbius and then it told me the news of the other thing that you're going to be sad about. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know if that will affect the release of Venom too. Uh, Ooh, Jared Leto. Is yeah. Playing Morbius? He's, he's Morbius. Cool. Um. I've never heard of this character before. I'm excited. Yeah. Venom I don't, Two is still it's still slated for 2020, but it doesn't have a date. Still doesn't have a date. It's interesting. Oh no, it does. Really, release date October second, twenty twenty. Okay. Um, yeah. So I mean, like, do you I, feel like once that comes out, then they'll announce what's going on with um, uh, Venom? Like, you think it'll be Morbius and then Venom? Well, the thing is, is that Morbius has been pushed all the way to next year, right? right. To okay. March nineteenth of next year. So, um, that like. I would imagine if they were going to push the release of Venom that they would have announced it now. Um, right. I think that they're holding off. But I think that what they'll have to do is that they'll probably have to film some additional scenes in order to flip it around so that uh. Venom 2... If Venom 2... Scratch that. If Morbius was supposed to establish that this is the same universe as Tom Holland's Spider-Man, right. then... Um, Venom 2 could go in a very different direction, right? Oh, and and Spider-Man as a character could be brought into the conversation in that movie. Because have you seen the first Venom? Mm, I watched it as somebody else was watching it on a plane. Oh, wonderful. So <laughs> That's a no. So. <laughs> uh, it's actually super good. Um, yeah, no, I mean... I, like I say that facetiously, but it also was semi enjoy. Like they had the subtitles on, so like I could see, like um, most of what was happening. It looked good. Tom Hardy is a great actor, and and everything yeah. that looked bad in the trailer, those were choices. That was <laughs> that was him making conscious choices of like this is how we're gonna play this character. Um, and by the end of it, you actually end up loving. And one of the greatest things about that movie is that I sat through that whole movie going like. Who is the voice of Venom? <laughs> like I cannot place it's him, right? that voice. It's him, yeah. and yeah, he's yeah, just—he's yeah. so good, yeah. That his character of Eddie Brock and the yeah. character of Venom are distinct characters, even though he's talking yeah. to himself the whole time. Venom is such a good movie, and it's—it makes me mad because. It shouldn't have been. It should have been an awful piece of garbage, and because then I would have been right. It, I'm wrong because yeah. I, for months ahead of that movie, 
maybe even for like a year ahead of that movie, I was like, this is going to be so awful. Can't make a Venom movie without Spider-Man. And then they did it. They made a story where it's like, I care about Eddie Brock. I care about the Venom symbiote. I care about all of this. It has some really great comic throwback moments um, and, and some really great establishing stuff. It's a, it's a fantastic origin story. Um, and if you can just release yourself from the canon of Venom and Spider-Man being connected from the, from the get-go and instead have like, like maybe we'll get a new interpretation of this. Um, it, it kind of opens it up and you go, okay, well now we can go in different directions and it can be unpredictable. Um, and I that's, that. that's, that's what's oh, great about the MCU yeah. is that it's familiar characters, familiar settings, familiar scenarios, but then, it's completely unpredictable as to like Spider-Man shows up in civil war, (laughs) right? Like all these other superheroes are already around. And then here's this 15 year old kid who shows up. Um, and, uh, and, and that's so different. Tony Stark is the one who makes his suit. That's so different from anything else that we've ever gotten with Spider-Man. And now it's kind of established that like, Oh, well this is a great way to, to establish why he has a great looking suit. Why wouldn't this be the story? Why wouldn't it be Tony Stark and S.H.I.E.L.D. and whatever getting involved, right? So there's an opportunity with Venom, too, for them to do a similar thing of, like, what if... Because by the end of Venom, this is kind of spoilers. He's an anti-hero, so you know that by the end of it, he's going to figure out his 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 jam as a, as a hero, right? And you kind of end the movie with him, like yeah, he's a hero. He's the good guy in this story, but he's still not a good guy. Like he's still Venom. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. I, I feel like I've now seen it because the more that you're talking, like I knew that he was the voice and I'm like, I must have seen it. You must have now. Like I must have, have. I like, I just, I think maybe I saw it from the end. Like, I think I Mm. saw it from the middle, like when he became like basically when it attacked him. Because I don't think I saw the like I don't I don't know any of the beginning, but I know all of the actiony parts. Yeah. So like basically yeah. all the good stuff. So. Uh no no the be- no? the beginning of that movie is so good. Oh okay. The first well. act of that like of him getting the symbiote and and figuring out how it works and and uh, uh, there's some good comedy stuff. It's about six movies in one, and that's it's the only <laughs> real criticism that I have of it. But that criticism is also one of its strong points because. It's it, it's a movie about a character with a dual identity and the movie itself has has multiple identities. It's it's not sure if it's an action movie or a comedy or a romantic comedy or uh, <laughs> like it's it, it just flips tone so many times. But again, it's one of those things where it's like when you're talking about it, it's like these sound like critical points. But there's something about the alchemy of it that you're like, I think it's supposed to be that. I think it was supposed mm. to be all of these things. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I can see a world where Venom and Eddie trying to figure out like how how do we fit into this world of superheroes if they're going to open it up to that. Um, and him sort of being more low key, more sort of street level, um, like uh, uh, like Spider-Man was before he became entangled in the Tony Stark of it all. Um and and he's sort of like flying under the radar and a bit of a rumor, a bit of a a, a a a ghost sort of situation, and then things start to escalate and he is like 
because we know that that Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy, aka Carnage, is going to be in the second one. Um, if yeah. if Eddie has to figure out like what, how do I do this? How do I be a hero? And he starts to model himself after Spider Man, um, especially like with like in light of what happens at the end of Far From Home. It's like, well, they don't have a Spider Man anymore. We could be the new Spider Man. Right. And right. for him to go like, I'm going to I'm going to be the new Spider-Man and for the Ven- Venom symbiote to like put the spider on his chest and he starts using webs and stuff like that. And and he adopts the Spider-Man persona um, could be a really cool wrench to throw in it of like and then when Spider-Man comes back in in three, he's like, there's been this guy and he's <laughs> he's he's biting people's heads off. But he's looking like his outfit is emulating my outfit. Like, like what's going on? Um, and he has to deal with that. That that could actually be a really cool wrinkle to throw into Spider-Man's story um, and bring it all together and, and tie it in with Morbius somehow. And there's really cool opportunities there. But the whole point of all of that is to go back to, to the fact Morbius and all these other movies have, have been pushed that, that untitled Sony Marvel movie. We don't know what that was. Maybe it was going to be sinister six, which Sony has been threatening to make for a long time. Um, <laughs> but we don't know cause it's untitled. It's now been pushed to, to, uh, it, it's undated. It's, it's just, we don't know when it's coming. Um, so that kind of throws into into question what's going to happen with everything that they're doing. Um, and, and again, it's like, like, how does this affect how does Uncharted shifting? Because that's Tom Holland. How does that affect Spider-Man three, which is supposed to be, I think, next summer? Um, it, there's going to be knock on effects from all of these things for a long time. And. I said I was saving the worst for last. This one actually, uh, you said it earlier, like the the to me, um, the Fast and the Furious getting moved was uh, uh, it was the first one that got kind of like, hey, we're not going to release this in May. We're going to push it till next year, and that was a bummer because I like the Fast and the Furious movies a lot, and it was coming out my birthday weekend, so that was kind of a, <laughs> a fun thing. Yeah, it was kind of like right there of like, oh, that's perfect. Um, and now there's no perfect movie coming out for my birthday. So that's a bummer. But, um, but this one actually like upset me, like actually like viscerally upset me and let's put it all in perspective. There are very sick people out there right now. There are people dying. This is the least of anyone's concern that said Ghostbusters afterlife has been pushed to next year. Uh, it's been pushed from July 10th, 2020 to March 5th, 2021, that is a year away now. We were in the end zone coming up on this Ghostbusters movie. Uh, they just released images last week of the the uh, the the uh, cup toppers for the movie theater, uh, pr- like oh, in man. theater promotion. And it's like, oh, you get Slimer, you get the No Ghost logo, you get a Proton Pack, and I'm like, cool, I'm gonna get all of these things. Um, and they release pictures of, of this line of plushies where you get the logo or you get this great Slimer. And I showed it to Kara and I was like, check it out, Slimer. And she was like, yeah, let's get it. And I was like, cool, when it comes out, we will. And now it's like, is all that stuff going to get pushed too? Obviously, all that stuff's going to get pushed um, and held until next year. I, I, It's just, yeah, that's a movie that I was really kind of 
uh, hanging my summer on. Um, and it, and we were really excited, um, from, from the point time that they started showing the toys back at toy fair in, in January, um, car and I were getting ramped up for ghostbusters. It was like a big thing of like this, we're going to go see this in the theater. It's, which is a big deal. Cause she's almost four at that point. Um, and it's a, it'll be an actual movie that's scary. Right. Right. It's like a big, a big sort of, uh, shift. The scariest thing I think she's seen in theaters up until now is rise of Skywalker. Um, and obviously ghostbusters are going to push that a little bit further. So, I uh, so yeah, having that pushed until next year is a bummer. It's very upsetting for me personally, but <laughs> but it's also the right thing to do. I mean, uh, you want as many people as possible to be able to see these movies. That's a movie that I want to see in the theater. Um, as much as I, Joe and I talked about that on the first quarantine zone, it's like, would you want to see this on digital? If they release it on digital, of course, I'm going to see it the day that it comes out. Right. Um, if that's the only option that I have, but if I have the option to see ghostbusters in the theater, I'm going to go to the theater. So yeah, it's, I don't know. it's the a thing, bummer. The, the thing about this is that it's really making me think about how much it's going to shift the landscape of film over the next year. Because if they have already put these resources into films, they're not going to have other resources for new things because they're not going to have like the the platforms to like showcase them. Because if they're holding off and putting their energies into like saving the big, I don't know. I just think it's going to be an interesting and and weird and kind of crappy time for for filmmakers over the next little while. I think the next year is going to be a little bit rough. I think that... um... I think that independent movies are actually going to end up with a really good opportunity to come in and, and steal the show um, this, this sort of spring and summer. So the, the movies that, and granted, like if, if they're banking on theatrical releases, that's obviously not happening, but um, as much as like the, the bigger platforms are able to, to, to get this stuff sort of fast tracked, like getting Sonic out early, putting frozen on Disney plus early, that sort of thing. Um, I would think that some of these independents have the ability to go, okay, if we can't release this in the theater, then let's just put it on digital storefronts right away. Right. Right. Um, and I was, I was listening to, uh, Simon Sinek, who he's, a, a sort of a leadership, guru i guess he's a he's he kind of does he writes books and does talks and stuff on on business leadership and and that sort of thing and he was talking about there's he has a his latest book is called the infinite game and it's about this mindset of like a lot of the time we think in finite terms and finite games of like if i do this this and this then i will have accomplished this thing and i will have won right but in business um, and in relationships, there is no, there is no win state, right? You, you've, ne- you've never won at business. You're either ahead or you're behind. That's kind of the way it always is. And, and he was saying that companies right now with a finite mindset are having a really hard time. They're going to have a really hard time. We're actually going to probably see a lot of them shut down because they think in the terms of, but this is the way we've always done it. Right. Right. But 
for companies and people who think in the infinite mindset where you're either ahead or you're behind, it's like, okay, the, this pandemic and, and these shutdowns and, and lockdowns and all that sort of stuff, they, they have the potential to put us behind, but there's actually also potential for us to, to pivot and get ahead. And there are a lot of companies that are doing that. There are a lot of companies that not just in entertainment, but in all sorts of things, there's a, there's a restaurant in Seattle. That's like a very fancy restaurant that if you went in, you'd kind of want to be dressed up. Um, I can't remember what it's called right now, but, uh, they, when Seattle went into lockdown, so this happened a, 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 a few weeks before it sort of hit everywhere else. Cause Seattle kind of got hit first. Um, it was one, it was Seattle and San Francisco were two of the, the first places in North America to really start to feel it. Um, mm-hmm. and they said like, okay, we're shutting down the restaurant. There's no dine in service, but what we're going to have is like, in order to keep everybody's jobs, we're going to be pivoting. And like in the morning we're going to do like, I can't remember what it is. I think it was like bagels and coffee or something like that. And it's like, so like we'll do delivery and like, you'll be able to like come to the window and basically get it to go. Um, at lunch, we're going to have like soup and sandwich or whatever it is. I don't, I can't remember exactly what their, their thing is. And then at dinner, we're going to do uh, dinner delivery. So get in your order during the day and then we'll, we'll deliver dinner to your, to your home, um, in the evening. And like the whole aim of that was we can't be open during the midst of this. So we need right. to figure out something else to do. And the way that they pivoted wasn't like, well, we're going to put our menu online. It was, we need to completely rethink the way that we're doing business in order to adapt to this current situation. And so they completely restructured the restaurant and it's and, and it basically turned into these three uh, restaurants at different times of the day. Um, that were all right. catered towards like takeout and delivery, uh, which like that's the that's the sort of mindset that I think that everybody uh, that that leaders in particular need to have right now is how do I take care of, you know, the people that I'm responsible for? Um, and and that that results ultimately in in cash flow and revenue. Right. Um, yeah. because taking care of your, your, your employees is like, well, we got to make money in order to do that. So, um, it kind of goes hand in hand, but I think that a lot of companies are just thinking like, ah, oh, what do we do? And, and I would say that independent studios, independent productions, they have the ability to pivot and figure out what are we doing? How do we make an event right. around a movie release if we're doing it on digital? Well, let's figure that out, right? Um, instead of saying, if we can't premiere in the theater, there's no way to premiere, which is such a right. it's such a non-starter, right? Like it's like okay, well, if that's it, then we're done. That's the end of the conversation. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I th- I think that there's an opportunity there for for a, a lot of different productions and 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 releases to. I'm like, look at when Netflix is going to eat this up, right? Like Netflix, Disney plus, uh, Amazon prime, Hulu, like they are all taking, well, we've been waiting for this to happen. Yeah. Like they just had been waiting for like, I don't know. And I've, I talked about this previously, just about how like the economic models and, and like those antiquated systems are just built on keeping us 
like it doesn't benefit the consumer. And I get I get the idea of like theater releases being like an event and especially the way you talk about Ghostbusters and wanting to go. But I don't know. I still think there's something to be said about meeting meeting people where they are and, and finding content or finding ways to get your content to hit in different in different arenas and, and that adaptability. So I get what you're talking about when it comes to like more independent things. I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see, because I think from last time we talked, I haven't really been looking into this that much, but I do think that the estimates for when things will get back to quote unquote normal Mm -hmm. is way longer than we think it is. And so, and so live action television production and live action film production is just, such a long game right now. Um, but animated production is not necessarily going to be impacted in the same ways, which I think is interesting. Yep. And it might also like shift in like how we're getting like content at certain times. And it's just interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It just, uh, no, it's, yeah. it's absolutely, I mean, like, I think you're, you're a hundred percent right. Like the, like, I think animation is going to kind of, take over a little bit in the near term because those are the productions that are still going forward. I think that video games are another example of like, there, there are some video games that are going to be affected because some of these studios might not uh, have the ability to, to shift their productions to a work from home setup. But I mean, I'm sure that the bigger studios have figured it out so they're going to continue with their productions, but there are also other ones like uh, the really, really big AAA ones like Naughty Dog, uh, who make Uncharted and Last of Us. They do a whole bunch of performance capture. That's no different than doing a live action production. Um, right. It's just yeah. that like there's no costumes, there's no sets. It's a bunch of people on a soundstage with tennis balls glued to their outfit. Um, or ping pong balls or whatever. <laughs> I, I, but it still requires a crew. It still requires the cast to be on set. Um, and so I, I, for anything that was in the middle of shooting that stuff, that performance capture stuff, that's going to be affected. But let's say the next Mario game, the next Mario game is not affected by this. There's no performance capture yeah. in a Mario game. They're cartoon characters, right? So there's an yeah. opportunity there for for some of these games to really like like uh steal the spotlight in terms of the larger entertainment play um because they're not going to have as much competition there's not they're not going to be competing for time with as many movies and live action television shows so i don't know i it it's it's going to be I, I like i said earlier it's it's hard to predict where some of this stuff is going to net out at the end of it but i do think that that times like this when we're in the midst of them they seem like it couldn't possibly get worse like like i i you know it's easy to get caught up in the negativity of it and and the the day-to-day and and the crisis of all of it but um like during world war ii it's technological advancements went by leaps and bounds because they had to right um we wouldn't have the space program without the cold war uh it's sometimes systems need a shock in order to to advance to the next 
level. And I think that this is this is definitely going to be one of those footnotes in history of, uh, you know, I. Uh, something that caused like a, a radical shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel that too. Twenty years from now, when yeah. I'm talking to to Kara and Cassie about, uh, you know, whatever thing that's happening in, in twenty years in the future, in the year twenty forty, uh, I'm gonna be like, yeah, well, you know what? The only reason that you have that is because way back in twenty twenty, during the global pan coronavirus pandemic, which you don't remember because you were too little. I, uh, this happened and this happened and this happened. And then three years later, I, uh, you know, all of the, the, like, like within a year, all of the major airlines went out of business because of X, Y, and Z. And that opened up the playing field for innovators to come this in right. and do yeah. new stuff with the space. And I, uh, Elon Musk was like, Hey, I made a solar powered electric plane. Does anybody want to buy a thousand of them? Because yeah. oil and gas is like this is the I think that this is the uh, I don't know, I guess is inflection point the the right term for the change from fossil fuel over to electric vehicles. It's, I would just love that. I want that to happen so badly, but also like at the same time, I'm in a very like like a bastion of of green glory here yeah. in British Columbia where I have people that are talking about the havoc that's that's happening in Alberta right now and all sorts of stuff. But I mean, I, yeah, you, I just like hope that that what you're saying is correct. And that it, like, there, there, yeah, something will happen as a result of all of this. Something I think at least one major thing in the way that we live our lives and oh, society yeah. functions on a global scale is going to be affected by this. It's hard to say right now a couple months in what that is going to end up being. I think by the end of the year, we might have some better clues as to sort of what's coming out ahead and what, what real changes have happened as a result of this. Um, I can tell you that from a, from a, a, a business standpoint, um, the conversations are already happening at the company that I work for of like, when this is all done, do we need, do we need that whole office to yeah. ourselves? Like, right? do we need yeah. that whole space? And I think that commercial real estate is going to look very different in a couple of years as companies oh, yeah. realize we don't need to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month for these spaces because all we really need are meeting rooms and a couple you know of what I hope dies? private offices. Like, like it doesn't need to be like every like just nope. just create a bunch of flex desks and 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 yep. like three meeting rooms and that's your office and expect that you only ever have 60 percent of your staff in the building unless it's a special occasion right yep um, um i hope airbnb dies a horrible death <laughs> honestly though like it's freeing up the amount of spaces that are like hoarded by people that just have this extra property is just gross and yeah. I mean, as somebody who has used Airbnbs in the past, I understand that it's kind of nice as a consumer, but it is something that I actually just don't think is better in the like large scheme of things That's for fair. like how we function as a society. Travel with kids and you might have a different opinion, <laughs> but I, it's, it's, or hotels could just make themselves cheaper and meet the market where it is. Yeah. Rather than like misbalancing and, and causing poverty to grow even wide as the housing market collapses and the gaps in available units is like yeah, yeah, yeah. 
non-existent. Ooh, and I'm very much looking forward to it in uh, that the tw- the fashion of the 20s will be long, shaggy beards, shaggy hair, and sweatpants all around. <laughs> I really hope that that is what people remember of the, like, 2020 fashion. It's just all these people in their pajamas. It is so nice that people just are, like, wearing comfortable things. And I know that it's because we're all at home, but... I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one doing it, but it is so freeing to just be able to wear. And I have so many different pairs of sweatpants. I just, there's so much variety in my wardrobe, even though it's all of the comfy variety. I'm very happy for you. I know. Um, I'm looking on the bright side. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Uh, You know what? Let's, uh, let's, let's shift into our big topic, but, but before we do, uh, we're going to take a little break for some advertisements. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we didn't even like, we didn't even drop a hint earlier in the episode. What, uh, what we would be doing for our, for our big topic. Uh, we just kind of jumped right into it. Uh, we're going to talk about Tiger King. The, the, Oh, I forgot. forgot. I was like, what is our big topic today? Um, the, the, the recent release on Netflix. Um, it's a Netflix original docu series. Let's call it. I think it's a little bit of a hybrid of docu series and reality TV, but, um, uh, it's a very, very interesting series. Uh, I've finished the whole thing. I'm going to be careful not to spoil anything. Amanda is three episodes in. Um, and, uh, we're going to talk about sort of the main talking points of what this series is. Um, uh, and, and like I said, try not to get too much into spoilers. I hope that everybody, uh, that, that wants to check this out, checks it out, uh, and then comes back and, and, uh, and listens. Um, and, and maybe once you're done, Amanda, we'll have like a little check-in, uh, with some of your, your theories and, uh, and, and, uh, conclusions that you've come to by the end of it. But, uh, just to kind of preface it, the, the concept of this show is that it's, uh, it's kind of centered around this, this guy in, uh, in, uh, is it, is it Oklahoma? I think it's Oklahoma. Um, it's one of the O's in the middle of the country. Yeah. Uh, Joe Exotic. And or Missouri. He, and he uh, is it's definitely not Missouri. Uh, and he oh. he runs uh, or ran uh, a, a tiger uh, a zoo, basically, where you go and, like, pet tigers and, and, and well, not adult tigers, obviously, but, like, tiger cubs. And whatnot, and and he's sort of into into the breeding and and uh, and selling of of tigers and that sort of thing, which is uh, stri- Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah, that's why I said, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's what I said. I uh, which strictly speaking is not entirely legal. You can't sell exotic animals. Um, it's and it's also illegal to have them in a lot of instances uh, without the proper sort of paperwork and whatnot like if you if you're a zoo or something like that you can but you can't have them in in your private residence and and uh and it's kind of about this secret world that i think a lot of us don't realize is there um of the 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 buying and selling of these animals uh and sort of the exploitation um that that happens and then the 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 type of personalities that it takes to be tied up in all of this. Um, yeah. So I do have to say, I, I dislike trash television. Yeah. And I usually, as a rule, I'm like, no, I refuse. But 
having been someone who didn't watch Stranger Things when I probably should have. Yeah. When when enough of the internet is talking about something, I feel like I need to at least like know what it is that they're talking yeah. about. And the, the thing that I really like, and I haven't really looked into it that much, is that this is like a documentary series. As much as it like should probably be more of like a reality series, yeah. but because it like is taking this like sort of examination of things from like you know, the guy that was making the documentary originally what was like making a documentary about reptiles or something like that. Yeah. So it's just like the circumstances, it's just so cool. I just think, I just find it interesting from like a filmmaking perspective, how somebody can come across a story and you don't even realize what you're making until you're already halfway through, right? Yeah. That he like just happened to be gathering these stories and then just over the course of the, yeah. of the, what, like five years or whatever. And, and I, uh... By the end of the season, I think that you'll you'll realize that uh, he didn't know even when once he once he started to go like, oh, the story isn't the animals or the it's not certainly not the reptiles or anything like that or even the tigers. It's a it's these people. Um, Yeah, I don't even think he knew at the time when he started to shift that that the five like that five years ago, um, what what he had uh in front of him and and it's it's one of those things um it's a it ends up being more true crime than reality show um and sort of going into into the the making a murderer um sort of territory uh uh and it's very similar to that actually and and um i i really enjoy making a murderer as a television show i and but I think the 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 trouble that we get into with these people, and this is kind of the the, the main thing that I want to talk about with it, um, is that they're fascinating human beings. Obviously, that's why they're documentary series being made about them. Um, but it's really easy to uh, turn them into caricatures in your mind and not think of them as real people think of them as characters in a tv show and and start to excuse some of their behavior and then go and buy a t-shirt with their face on it or with the logo of the show or whatever right um start buying merchandise and and uh, and sort of playing into it in that in that way um which then you become a fan of these people and I like that's not that's not okay. That I'll 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 make one thing really clear. That's a little bit of a spoiler. There's no good guy in this whole thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're the, all you, awful humans. Like there are probably there. It's varying degrees of gray, but everybody in this series, with the exception of maybe a couple of people who are kind of just victims. Um, mm-hmm almost everybody in this in uh, that that is profiled in this they are uh they're criminals and i uh, they're ex- exploitationists and i uh, like they're the liars at the in the least uh of of concerns like they are not the type of people that you would want to consider a friend um 
And, and, and I think that that's an important thing to remember when watching something like this. Um, because it is, I think it's important to tell a story like this, to give everybody a heads up of like, Hey, this world exists out there. These people buy, sell and trade in life, right. In, in the lives of these endangered animals that there are only 4,000 left in the wild. And yet there are five to 10,000. We don't have an actual number because so much of it is illegal in captivity in North America alone. Right. Like it, it, it's, there's such a weird unbalanced aspect of that where it's like, like how, how are we okay with this? How are we okay with this going on? And it makes you think a lot like blackfish did for me with, with, um, captivity captivity of orcas and, and cetaceans it's like where do you draw the line will you go to sea world will you give them money because they're doing some pretty awful stuff um and and this is another example of like like know the places that you go and that you're that you're gonna give your money to because um there's a lot of them that that i don't think Dude, deserve any money i'd heard of i'd heard of big cat rescue before this yep like it was on like I I've watched the tiger videos and so it's just like interesting to like I don't know see it through these perspectives and but I mean that is always the case is I think something that's really in, the the most fascinating thing for me is that it really opens up and this is something that I've sort of always believed right is like mm-hmm. that like when you have two sides two sides of something where you're like we are we fight for the right and we fight for the the wrong or whatever like and you have like good and evil and you're like but actually they kind of do the same thing and it's just like how you shift like what you think you're doing (laughs) like how you talk about i just think that that's so fascinating that you can have um like i don't know the hypocrisy of it but but that it's it's true that to save certain things you do have to lean into it a little bit in a way that can be really negative which is everywhere Mm -hmm. right that like people that's why i can't have a real argument with any of my extended family members about why oil and gas is maybe not the best thing because they're like well but didn't you just drive here yeah didn't you drive here to come here and have this conversation with me and it's like well okay do you understand the structure in which we live right now has a specific point of view so the same idea that if you want to save like you want to save something you first have to understand how it functions and like be a part of that world and then find the way to maybe tip the scales in one direction or the other but you're still perpetuating that while being in it like it's just it's just a very interesting conundrum of our society among anything like i'm I'm not only just talking about like the exotic animal trade like you have to be ingrained in the exotic animal trade to try to stop the exotic animal trade but also like you know with with anything to do with technology or environmental things or even politics like politicians i haven't watched it yet so i came to the the day had finally arrived in which i the one claim to fame i have in my family the one thing i do for my family is that i pay for the netflix account so they all have netflix because of me (laughs) um and the day arrived where everybody was watching netflix and then i turned on netflix and i was like oh i can't watch it because it's on the two screens already um, but my mom was, my mom was watching something called Hillary and I was like, what is this Hillary thing? And it turns out it's a documentary about Hillary Clinton. Surprise, surprise, of course. But I saw it in like the, the play that, that happened. 
And I, so I haven't watched the documentary, but you know when you like hover over Netflix and it, it like plays the trailer or whatever. And the thing that I had never thought about before is like she's talking about Bernie Sanders sucking people in and thinking that he's this great, but he's like a career politician and it's literally his job to find hooks. And I had like it, I hadn't even watched the documentary. It was just this like opening part, and I was like, "Don't break Bernie Sanders for me." But then I like started thinking about it, where I'm like. Oh man, there could be really good reasons why nobody in politics is getting behind Bernie Sanders in the same way that the population does, because maybe he's just very good at playing a very specific game. And I don't want, I mean, again, not to like smudge the name of Bernie Sanders, because I quite like Bernie Sanders, but it's the same for anything. And I think that that's really interesting. This sort of garbage show about friggin' tiger people is making me think about American politics because everything makes me think about American politics, I guess, in the end. But just that, like, you never really, like, it's always, like, one side of the story and you have mm-hmm. to go so deep into that to be able to fight it. And it's, like, at the end of the day, how do you how do you not turn? Ooh, I also watched a lot of Fast and the Furious over the weekend. Like, there was a marathon on, so, like, the, <laughs> it was Too Fast and Furious and then Tokyo Drift and then Fast and the Furious. Anyways, but in it, you, you start thinking about, like, people that get, like, so ingrained to, like, fight the system they become part of the system and i was like well paul paul walker failed at that because he let vin diesel get away (laughs) that's a really interesting (laughs) way to 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 tie that into (laughs) fast and the furious but you're right because he does end up becoming one of them but he gets in there and then he ends up turning the rest of them and by the sixth movie they're no longer because what is it? I get it's four and then, yeah, five. Fast Five is the one where they pull the heist in. In that's the one where they drive under the border. Yeah, and so six is the one where that's the first one where where Mister Nobody comes to them and says like, "Hey, you guys work for me now. Um, you're working for the U.S. government, and we're gonna save the world." Um, and so six, seven, and eight are saving the world i wait maybe it is maybe it is five is this five or six four five five fast five no yeah fast five is the one where yeah that's the one where the rock is introduced so in six yeah okay anyways um clearly i need to take a break and watch all the fast and the furious movies again um (laughs) that is what you should take away from this conversation i but uh but they do end up becoming the good guys, and they're all, at this point in time, heroes, including Jason Statham's character, who <laughs> murdered a bunch of people in the sixth movie. Like a bunch of people. Like a like a lot of people. Is that is it, Or is that the fifth movie? Fourth movie. I mean, it doesn't matter. Don't try to make sense of the Fast and Furious number system. Just go with it. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. Like he murders, he murders a whole lot of people in in the first one that he's in, and uh, like he he breaks into the hospital to see his brother. It, yeah, it is. Well, let's it bring sick. it back to Tiger King. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was interesting is the who was the guy that was in jail, like the the guy that like got arrested for cocaine or whatever, or being a big drug lord, Joe something. I don't know. Uh, let but, me let me bring the, all of their faces back up. I had them in front of me. Um, uh, one thing that I, yeah. Which one was I? Uh, for being a drug lord. Well, yeah, because he got um, 
he basically was the one that like had the private sanctuary that he wouldn't show anybody. And then I was like, oh yeah, they let him in. Like he actually oh, got to yeah, go yeah, into yeah. that. Um, oh man, uh, he's he's gonna be deep in this in this uh, cast roster. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. He is like the guy that Scarface is apparently based off of. Yeah, that guy. That guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so the um, what was I even saying about him? Why can't I like? I want to know their names. This is why we didn't. I didn't. I'm sorry that I don't have the actual like thing up. But um, that he like when they were like listing off the things that he they like he got like put in jail for, and then that he got like a hundred years in jail, and I was like whoa this guy's like but then that he was out and i was like oh interesting the justice system is an interesting yeah thing where he like served his time and then got out of it and then so anyway so that's what i'm thinking is that maybe jason Thaysen, jason statham's character you know <laughs> time time had passed and he done it right or it's like you make up for it and then people like but people do like get over stuff or, or like when you do anyways i just thought that that was really fascinating that like within this community and even him, when he was talking about it, he's kind of like, yeah, man, I didn't actually like kill the guy, but I saw the person do it. And it's just sort of like this interesting thing. He's like, and I dealt, and I like went to jail for that. Yeah. And it's just like, was like fascinating the way that he was like talking about that and how you have to have like a certain amount of like, um, like step back and sort of assess like where, where you're at and why you got there. And yeah. I just thought that, that was really uh, like kind of interesting. Mario was his name. Mario uh, Mar- Tabrow. Tabrou? Tabrou. Tabrou, yeah, something like that. Um, Tabrou. Oh, I think Tabrou makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 like I said before, it kind of opens you up to this whole other world of, of sort of just weird, um, like luxury and, Although, like you get you get these multiple sides of it, right? There are basically three sides to it early on. There's Joe Exotic, who kind of runs the trailer trash version of uh, one of these tiger zoos. You've got uh, Doc Bagavan Antel, who runs Myrtle Beach Safari, which is like the fanciest, uh, like sort of most uh, high end. Uh, polished version of this and he's a he's a very specific kind of horrible person and then you have carol baskin who runs big cat rescue which is not called a zoo it's called a a, a, a like a a, a non-profit sanctuary uh sort of thing but she lives in like a multi-million dollar home and uh and and wears ridiculous ostentatious disgustingly gaudy uh, outfits and her whole house is covered in like marble and... you know what you can criticize carol for many many things but i will say her style is maybe what makes her who she is and a little bit that is like if you're gonna be that kind of a lady lean into it so you go carol and you're uh. all Full, full on fashion prints and my, uh, Capron. My point is not that that uh, her outfits are tacky. My point <laughs> is that she claims to be all about rescuing ah, big yes, cats for her sanctuary, but she's making a lot of money off of them, and it's not going into the sanctuary. It is definitely no. going into her pockets. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, like she she takes a significant paycheck from it. Obviously, you can tell based on the way that she lives, um, 
and that's and that's how she likes it and 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 then i mean you just finished the first the, the third episode and that is the episode that that details uh that's the turning point in the series i think that's the one that you have to get to where you realize like there's more going on to this than there was in the first two um and it's only going to get crazier from there but uh uh the the speculation is that she allegedly uh killed her husband and fed the body to her tigers um now that's it's it is it is a bit far-fetched but her husband just disappears one day (laughs) and then it's not so much whether or not she killed him we don't know that's all just speculation it's hearsay and it's it's uh it's a lot of conspiracy theory type stuff um the truth is that she made moves immediately after he died to secure his immense wealth and cut his children and his ex-wife out of anything that they may have been entitled to in his will. So, I uh, yeah, she 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 a she a bad person. She's not a good person. She's a, she's a it's it's really it's one of those things that's really sketchy. You know what I find interesting? So I, I hadn't looked it up before, but I'd, I'd been interested because you see the filmmaker insert himself a, a, a few times into yeah. at least in the first three episodes. So his name is Eric Good. And I just I'm I'm Googling him a little bit. Um, and he basically is like a philanthropist that like helps save turtles. So that's why he was doing a biography like a like a thing about turtle like about reptiles yeah because he is he basically has a, like a turtle named after him and has donated like millions of dollars to like turtle conservatories and stuff like that which is kind of just like interesting but he also is a very rich man yeah and so i find that really interesting that he's going into this um like this in this documentary that you you come at that obviously from a biased place in in like when you're when you are interested in preserving nature and you are then like researching or or studying your subjects are other rich people who want to be nice kind to nature and it's just like how they do it anyways i'm excited to see how the rest of the series goes like i think i'm gonna keep watching it it's like a fun little random (laughs) yeah 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 it it is definitely a nice distraction for the moment um yeah i that that if i feel like this is the thing that i think is interesting mike do you feel like this show would have been as popular had not everybody had nothing else to do but watch television all day. That's hard to to quantify. Um, I'm just, it, yes, it's it really it's really difficult to know what what is going to create popular culture and what's not. Um, and sometimes it is it is uh, the that that specific mixture of the right thing at the right time. Um, yeah. Uh, and the right platform uh, with with the right audience waiting for something. Um, I do think that the that everybody with a lot of downtime right now is 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 a is a positive for this show. Had it not been Tiger King, it would have been something else on Netflix. Um, uh, had right. Tiger yeah. King come out six months ago, would it have been this big? Maybe not, but I do think that it would have it it definitely would have blipped. It definitely would have would have would have registered on the radar of like, have you watched this thing? But but I think that right now the thing is like we're all disconnected and here's this thing that can connect us all. 
this one oh. this one moment of like here's a brand new thing we're all coming yeah. at this from the same um uh, most of us are coming at this from the same starting point at the same time so it's a very good water cooler sort of uh, 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 topic of conversation but um would it be as big i don't know i don't know no. I, I'll talk I want to talk about two things in the series that I think are worth mentioning because they're like socially relevant yeah um is uh, the first one is I kind of thought it was interesting in the tagline where it's like uh like murder polygamy and mayhem or whatever it is and I was like polygamy interesting and then you like see that like Joe Exotic has his two husbands but I didn't realize the thing that was like was like I didn't realize that like polygamy was a part of the like cult, like this big cat culture. Like basically everyone that they've talked about basically that has one of these sanctuaries in some way, like also has multiple partners or, or part of the like personality and, and cult of personality, I guess, as the second episode is called, it revolves around them using people essentially. Yeah. And that's something that I found very interesting because it's not actually that much about the cats. No. Like, and I don't know. I don't know what all the episodes are called. I don't know if there's one episode that's specifically about the cats, but so far, none of these episodes are about the cats. Oh, no. They're about it, the people. It, the, further, and, the further you get yeah. into this series, the less it is about the tigers. It, yeah. It, they, and, they, are, they are set dressing to this oh, story yeah. because it is about these people and it's about the these systems of abuse that they build around uh these very specific tools of these animals and it, that's why yeah. it's exploitation like they they are using them for profit for for uh, uh social capital um and yeah. then they're turning that social capital into um situations where they can pressure people into uh, I mean, like, there's no beating around the bush with it. Like, they pressure them into sexual scenarios, and they're like, yeah. "You like, if you want to advance yeah. in this company, you got to sleep with me." And it's it, like, people want to be yeah. around these animals so badly because they are. I'm like, I'm looking at a picture of a tiger's face right now, and they are an incredible animal. And yeah. would I love to get up close and personal with one in a in a safe setting? Yeah, of course I would. Anybody would. And it's like it's the it's it's funny because last night we we watched a movie and and I let Cara pick the movie and she picked Jurassic World and having like going through Tiger King and then watching Jurassic World and having some of these themes be very similar of like there are scenes in Jurassic World that like they were kind of a novelty at the time. And I was like, oh, that's it's interesting that like this seems a little bit off from from John Hammond's original dream of like these kids riding around on the baby triceratops right and it's like how do you how do you sustain that attraction you're genetically engineering these dinosaurs are you like they're they grow up pretty fast like we we know that scientifically that like most animals they they have very short juvenile periods like and and uh, uh they're into adolescence and they're dangerous very fast um and it's the exact same thing with this. Like you, you learn so much about, about. It's almost like the movie was a commentary on some social issues. Yeah, I. But the problem is that it's not enough of a commentary. It's very, very surface, um, and then it but, very quickly gets into aren't dinosaurs cool? 
Um, <laughs> Jurassic World is not a good movie. I, I it gets worse every time I watch it, but it has some cool moments. Um, the- everybody was trying really hard. They were just trying really hard to do different things. Um, I think maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I'll watch it again. I haven't watched it in a while. Finish Tiger King first and then watch it and let me know if, if you get some of the same vibes that I do. If you think about Fair. things differently um, in it. Fair. But uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I can't help but feel guilty about the time that I was in Mexico and we took pictures with a baby tiger that was on the street. There you go. And I remember it being one of the biggest fights I've had with my sister because she photobombed my photo and I was so mad at her. So I didn't have like my own photo with this tiger. I was also like 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But like still, it was that and churros. Me and my sister fight a lot over stupid things when we're in Mexico. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe that I just said that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's we on a podcast tiger, now forever. Tiger pictures and churros. Our our dad was very embarrassed the time that we got into like this huge fight over a churro, like at this like New Year's Eve like dinner with people in the resort. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's it's a funny story because every time me and my sister, every time we eat churros, we like think about this time that we got into this huge fight over you a churro can't, because we're such spoiled little brats. You can't come up to the edge of the story and then go it's a funny story and then try and pivot away now you have to tell us the story that's the story there were churros that were given out at this dinner that we were at and there was an extra churro and me and my sister fought over this extra churro that was actually i will say it's one of those things where you know how sometimes parents like make it worse yeah like usually me and my sister like know when to stop if we're left to our own devices We'll get angry at each other, but we know we know our limit. Yeah. And we, like, maintain ourselves so that we're not, like, we don't embarrass ourselves. But the moment that my dad comes in and tells us to stop, we just get, like, irate. And, like, it, it makes it worse. <laughs> and so, like, we were, like, going to resolve the churro issue on our own. But then the moment that he sort of stepped in and told us to, like, stop fighting about this churro, it, like, it, like almost made it worse. Anyways, he was very embarrassed and said that we were never allowed to go anywhere with him again. I don't think that that happened because I think we went many places with him many more times. But he won't he won't let us eat churros now around him because it just makes him mad. So <laughs> that's that's a churro story. It's Couldn't not, you guys just split the churro in half? Well, see, Mike, now that's probably the conclusion that me and my sister would have come to had we been allowed to resolve the churro incident yeah. ourselves. Because we're, we're so rational. So then doing. what was your dad's solution? I don't, I don't remember. I don't think either of us got the churro. Because I think that that's usually a dad's solution, right? Where it's like, why if we can't figure it out? Nobody gets it. Uh, my dad doesn't sound like that at I all. I mean, right? like, yeah, there is certainly a scenario in which I would say to my girls uh, when the time comes. I don't have to right now. But I'll, I'm going to eat this churro. And you're both going to sit and watch me. And you're going to behave <laughs> yourselves. Um, but, but I think in most scenarios, I would go, can you guys not just split the churro? Like... It's a churro. No, but it's, yeah, it's just, okay, you're, I will have to say something to you. You're in Mexico. I, I know. The that's, land that of churros. The, that's like, part, that's a. That, that was, like, the part of it, too. And also the fact that we were, like, on this family vacation that we very much didn't have to pay for because we were, like, in high school. Yeah. But there's this thing, too, and it's, I can only say this because she doesn't watch, like, listen to the podcast. <laughs> okay. But, like, my sister is mean. Yeah. And so, like, whenever we get into fights, she usually wins just because it's the path to least resistance. Because if you don't, if she doesn't get to win, everybody is miserable. <laughs> and so it's just like this thing where sometimes I just wanted the freaking churro. Give me the churro. I asked for it first. Like, ugh. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> Fine. I do love her. I probably should call her. Because right now we're just arguing about her boyfriend who... 
is traveling internationally because it's his job, but then she doesn't think that he needs to quarantine because it's just the same as the trip to Costco. Oh, so I, I really, I, I came into this. Why are we talking about my sister? I'll just. I don't know. You just keep going. Like we were, we were done. You were there. Like you made it to the. You safely. You were on the highway. And the signs were coming up, and it was like the exit. The exit is pretty soon. Like we're gonna be off of this highway pretty quick. And you just blew right past the exit, and you were like, "No, we're gonna go. We're gonna keep going." We're just gonna. I can I can get the next one around. Okay, my second part of social justice uh, discussion in Tiger King is um the in the first episode or the second episode um there's like the scandal where one of the zookeepers got their arm uh like bitten off basically by the tiger and it gets amputated um one of the things that i've been researching on the internet or like came up on a couple posts is actually um that the person who um that happened to is actually misgendered in the um series itself oh yeah because um uh, yeah, they're a transgender man uh, whose name is Saf, but um, because that's um, that's their chosen name, that uh, they their their I think their dead name is used a couple times in the series, or at least their their um, like incorrect pronouns. So it's just like an interesting piece of of thing that's that's not actually like the focus of the series at all. But the thing is like Saf, just generally speaking, is quite a lovely person. Yeah. Like the interviews and the, okay, like, rationality, I am. Like, I'm gonna take back something that I said earlier. I said there were no mm-hmm. good guys in this in this show. Yeah. Saf is 100% not a villain. Um yeah. and there there yeah. are a couple of other people who work at the at the 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 sanctuary at the zoo at that the GW yeah. zoo that you're like, "Well, these people are clearly just victims of circumstance." Um and I don't think yeah. that they're bad people. I also don't think that they are innocent. Um but I I uh, but but one of the aspects of this is that yeah like you, you were talking about before with this cult of personality thing all three of these main um proprietors let's call them of these different mm-hmm. of these different experiences these different zoos and sanctuaries uh they they build a uh basically a cult around them um and they just they do it in different ways right like like I, uh, Joe would really kind of prey on vulnerable people. Um, and I think that probably it started from a, from a very, uh, uh, honorable place of, of, uh, he's, he would basically anybody who's kind of derelict in their life, he would, he would grab them and be like, Hey, if you need a job, I, I've got a job for you. Um, but then, uh, I think it's it kind of becomes really clear that that at a certain point he realizes that he can take advantage of these people. Um, yeah. That it's that it's better to do that than to hire people who are maybe qualified for the job, because uh, because a person who's qualified is going to ask questions. They're gonna. They're right. gonna and yeah, and stand that's up part of it is that they yeah they rely on the people not like yeah. questioning them and just being like. I don't know. I love that dude with the long hair. Who's like, the, I think that the head zookeeper yep. of the zoo yep. of GW, Eric, Eric Cowie. Yeah. I, he is love like fantastic. Like what a just, just a dude that's just kind of like, yeah, this is what I do. And it's just like chill about it. Anyways. It's just, I, again, I haven't seen the whole series, but from what I've seen. So yeah. far. Oh, and I also like the, the reality television producer like that starts the series. Rick Kirkham. Yeah. 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 Who just is like, 
I was hired to do a job and I did my job well. <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That, that story is going to get more complicated later on down the road. And then mm. there's some questions about him, but, um, but yeah, it, 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 it it's a, it's, it's a fascinating look at sort of humanity and, and what lengths some people will go to, to, um, to maintain power, honestly, because it's not even, it's in, in, a, in some of these instances, it's not even like, they're not even comfortable. Um, they don't have money. They don't, they're not living in a nice place. It's just, uh, maintaining this, this hold over people and and this power and this popularity um it's really interesting how that how that power really corrupts um and how people will do a lot of really awful things to one another in order to to maintain those power structures and it just it it's it is one of those things that makes you go like it's not as simple as i think you brought up bernie sanders earlier and i think a lot of bernie sanders followers um, they want to believe that electing him as the president is going to somehow change the country overnight. And all of a sudden people are going to be, and I think that we're, we're guilty of it too in Canada where it's like, okay, well the green party, if, if, if only they could get in power, then things would be different. Um, but even if you got a person in the head, in the top spot, it's kind of, it's the same as what's happening right now. Even though the person who is the president of the United States is an awful human being, he's a disgusting, disgusting person, and he's showing all of the worst sides of himself right now to the point where like I'm I'm done being polite about it and couching terms and 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 speaking in coded language. Like Donald Trump is a terrible person. Uh, he is evil, uh, and and. And he's he's just proving that right now with some of the stuff that he's doing, um, which we won't get into. But it doesn't. Are you watching? Sorry. Are you... John Oliver talked about this actually really well on the on the weekend. I really I really love John Oliver, and I love that they're yeah. still keeping the show going. Also, um, really interesting. He like is gonna give ten uh, twenty thousand dollars to whoever it is that owns this really obscure painting that was auctioned in this like local auction in the eighties. It's really fun. Anyways he was talking about how just because somebody is a terrible person or that you don't agree with them, yeah. like they have the opportunity during crises to rise above that. Yeah. And like that, that like crises aren't, aren't partisan, right? Yeah. Like you can find a way. And that he also was like, I really wish that um, we could get over this so that I could dislike the mayor of, or the um, governor of New York. Cause I used to not really like him, but he's doing an okay job. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. like kind of funny, but anyways, carry on. But like, um, but well, that's what you're talking about. Kind of that like Trump could, could be doing better and he had just he could, like he could but, but no what i the point that i was getting to is that even with him at the head of of he's the leader of the free world as they call it um and with him doing everything that he's doing right now in spite of all of that good people are out every single day right now uh putting themselves at risk sacrificing and and doing good work uh and and saving lives um, defying some of the stuff that he uh, is basically ordering at this point and doing the right thing uh, despite the the personal cost that that, that they might incur um, the the governor of California is a good example of uh, Trump made a comment last week about um, 
you know, we're we're prepared to 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 send aid and to help uh, all these all the states with their individual problems. You know, we've got lots of aid. I'm sure he said the word tremendous in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I, but I, uh, but if they want it, they got to be nice to me. They got to be nicer. Yeah. Than me. And it's like that that right there is like it was a it was a veiled threat at at um at uh, the politicians in in uh, the state of Washington um, who very early on said we're not listening to the president we are locking things down we're doing so and they they started early before everybody else um, as well as in California where where the decisions were made very early on against his wishes when he was like no no business as usual this isn't a real thing the China virus isn't right. real um, and he was saying awful horrible things and they said no we're seeing this on the ground this is a real problem we're declaring states of emergency we're doing this we're doing that the things that were in their power um, and basically ignoring him and then his response was well I'm going to withhold aid which is exactly what he did to the ukraine he was like i'm gonna withhold aid unless you do what i want you to do you you need to say this stuff about joe biden otherwise i'm not gonna we're not gonna release this this foreign aid stuff or whatever and it's like it's a it's not he hasn't done any one thing that makes me say that he's an evil person it's a pattern of behavior uh george bush was a very corrupt uh, George W. Bush was very, I mean, George Bush was as well, very corrupt person uh, and, and definitely uh, acting in his own self-interest, but, um, and, and did a lot of awful, horrendous things. But I don't think that the, the pattern of behavior was nearly as damning as Trump's. And yet, like, the, like his, his numbers have literally never been better. His approval ratings are the yeah. highest they've been in his entire presidency right now. And and I did encounter someone today online, a friend, who after I made comments about Trump saying some awful things today, uh, he came to his defense. And I was like, and what I was basically saying in my tweet was like, he's, he's indefensible at this point. Like, right. like this behavior is, is, if you are defending Trump, you need to you need to to evaluate whether your political ideals are more important than your moral ideology, right? Because those are different things, right? My political ideology of like, I, I, I have some like very minor libertarian things in my head of like, I, like, I would really rather that it was small government. I don't like federal stuff imposing things. I would rather that, that I think that it's more effective to have smaller government. Um, and that, different regions are going to have different different ideologies and that those should be respected. I a part of the reason why I say that is because we have a federal government that's trying to enforce a pipeline that this province doesn't want. So Ugh, my yeah. my ideology says like stop trying to tell us what stop to it. do in our backyard. This is our choice. The people of British Columbia have spoken. We don't want this. It's it these are our this is our land and it's our it's our responsibility to to protect this coastline so you know we're going to do that that said i if that conflicted at any point with my with my moral ideology of what i think is right and wrong i would drop that libertarian ideal of small government in a heartbeat 
um, when it when it when it doesn't match with my moral ideology. And I see a lot of people who have this this uh, sort of dissonant relationship between their morals because I know them to be good people. I know that they have good hearts. And yet they would defend a person like Trump because he's the head of their team, right? Their political party. And that, I don't know, like it just, I, at this point, I think that's indefensible. I, that, that's not a good excuse. Um, you know, I, you know, he's the president. You have to support him. No, you don't. There are literally things in your constitution. There are, there are amendments specifically to protect you against the situation that you're in right now and your government's ignoring them. And it's very frustrating to watch from afar because to quote Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, it's a, well, I'll paraphrase him. It's a, it's a, it's a symbiote circle. What happens to them, what happens to America affects us in Canada. It's, it's impossible to, to, for us to not be affected by it. And when I look at the numbers, they're staggering. And it's not it's not the hard numbers. It's the ratios and it's the rate at which um, COVID-19 is spreading in the United States that, like, it's very quickly going to overwhelm their medical system. And aren't they building like a like a makeshift, like a field hospital in Central Park? Yeah. And, and they also just I, 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 I basically like a naval like hospital ship. Just Ship, right. docked yeah, 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 in yeah, yeah. New York City to help deal with it, and I, like there are some instances like New York City, San Francisco, and Seattle that are dealing with this the best that they can, and I applaud um, oh, a yeah. lot of the 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 people in positions of authority for the work that they're doing because I do think that they're working tirelessly. I think that they're like I said earlier, like despite the fish being rotten at the head, there are a lot of people doing really good work right now, and that's way more important to focus on, but it's also difficult. It's very difficult when there's this just mouthpiece flapping his gum, saying all sorts of awful things. But uh, yeah, anyways, I didn't really want to get into the politics of that tonight. Cause it I was say, just, how did we not, how did we do it? We off. were talking about tiger Kim. Come on. Yeah. Um, we can't, it's like, we're like, we're, we're programmed not to be able to talk about things other than yeah. politics. Um, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's probably just cause it's ruffling my feathers so much. I just, I really okay. hope that people remember all of this in November. I think it'll be hard for them not to, but, um, <laughs> please Let's end on some else. good news. Yeah. And, and on some good news. Best thing I saw all day today is the Backstreet Boys come back with, I want it that way sung from their home in pajamas and it was cute as heck nice and i think that if you want a little bit of joy in your life you can go watch that and it's delightful i just honestly backstreet boys all the way i get that justin timberlake is like objectively more famous now but like you'll never convince me that nsync was better than backstreet boys i know i don't know it's tough it's tough the backstreet boys as a group are definitely the superior group but if we're going to talk about the best songs, I think that the 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 best NSYNC songs are better than the best Backstreet Boys songs. I disagree. I disagree. Okay, have you not like what other band dressed up like a mummy, a werewolf, a vampire and a That's not a song, that's a music video. I know, but it's so good. 
Everybody. Nope. Oh, gosh. Super annoying song. Uh, But hey, (laughs) are there any memes? Are there any memes? Because I know it's almost April. uh, And some people, when they listen to this, it will be April. But soon, it's going to be May. And that... I know. That's, uh, what did I say about Justin Timberlake? I get the Justin Timberlake. But that's I think from that's an NSYNC actually, song. That's that's. I know that's fair. That's not from one of his solo albums. Which it's like, not because the song is good. It's because the song is gifable, which is very different. I like that also, song better like, than I like any of the Backstreet Boys songs. Ew, really? Yeah. Oh well, that's just a difference of opinion. That's fine. Yeah, uh, like it's three. a good opinion versus a bad opinion. I disagree. <laughs> Uh, cool. Yeah. Let's wrap it up there. It's late. We've been podcasting for a long time. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, how do I end this show? There's it's, <laughs> it's so different from the other ones because there's no, like, there's no news. Well, I'm not going to post any news. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you guys know we're part of the Thunderquack podcast network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And if you like what you hear, I don't know how you couldn't. I think that this was a great episode. <laughs> Uh, and I when like, I think about what's on the uncut uh, as well for people who who going to pay those extra dollar bucks and uh, and stick around after the music, I I it's this is a good episode. This is a good episode. I like it. Fun. It was fun. Um, but uh, if you like what you heard, you can support us in three ways. First, uh, cost you absolutely no money. It's free. All it takes is a second. Go into the podcast service of your choice and just leave a. a uh, hopefully I'm really hoping a positive rating and review um, on, on whatever it is, if it's the stars or the thumbs up or the, or the, the, an, an upsy doodle, or I don't know. I don't use all of these different things. There's a new, <laughs> there's a new podcast service every minute. It feels like, mm-hmm. and each one of them has like a shtick where it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is bean pod. And on bean pod, all of your podcasts are beans. So if you like beans, vote for your beans. And it's like, I what? Why why don't people just use iTunes? I don't understand. But uh, go in there, do that. Uh, the second way is by going to store.thunderquack.com where you can buy some merchandise. I mentioned on a podcast last week. I've been doing so many podcasts. I don't remember which one it was. But I mentioned the uh, the the cartoon afternoon designs that I did with the Blather and Blatherskite and Let's Get Dangerous. Uh, like 90s style uh, uh, designs that I did. And uh, and I said, like, hey, it, like they look really good as stickers. And somebody bought a sticker. Actually, a couple of people bought <laughs> stickers in the last week. So I think that that's because I specifically said that, um, which I think it might have been well, one now, of the I mean, quarantine zone episodes. But uh, it has made me want to go look at this. And you're correct. The blather and blather. It does. It would look good as a sticker. It's a, it's a fantastic Ooh, sticker. Same with the Let's Get Dangerous. Yeah. It's very... um. It's very colorful. And They're very safe very by the Very goofy movie of you. Yeah. Um, goofy, I would say goofy movie. Yeah, that too. Which I want. I, you you made a post that you wanted yeah. somebody to make. You want. I tweeted I while goofy. watching an extremely goofy movie with Kara and uh, Cassie the other day because we just watched Goofy Movie a couple weeks ago and then we watched an extremely goofy movie. Um, that's I. Uh, I uh, it's time for another goofy movie. Uh, on Disney Plus, preferably, uh, that's uh, that that's a story about Max as an adult, um, and he's got kids, and he's kind of overwhelmed by it, and Goofy 
shows up to to help him get his priorities straight and 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 teach him what it means to be a good dad and i think that that's because uh that's where i'm at in my life and i would really like goofy mm-hmm. to come and and uh, uh remind me what being a dad is all about not that i necessarily need it i think i'm a pretty good dad but uh not to toot my own horn too much but um but i would love to see that story it would make me feel real good in my heart and that's what i need right now because the world is a chaotic and terrifying place so yes i would very much like that uh we're in the end of the episode why are you starting a new topic about goofy movie don't get me started goofy movie is one of my favorite disney animated features of all time uh it's actually it's actually number two after tarzan so um yeah, uh, and the third way to support us is by going to mm-hmm. patreon.com slash thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support and getting cool rewards in the process. You get you get like a, you get the this episode early. You get it without ads. You can get it uncut early without ads. All three of those things Whoa. at once. Um and and you do that by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack. Uh, it's weird because like on the other podcasts, I'm like, oh, you get cool rewards. But if you only listen to Rebel Cells, I don't know if any of the rewards are cool. Um, so this is really the podcast to talk about what the rewards are and that they're cool. But uh, go do that. Support us. Thank you to everybody who does. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, oh, you know what? I listen to my new podcast. Listen to Amanda's new podcast. I forgot to mention our Patreon producers earlier, uh, <gasps> Brian Murowski and uh, uh, Jason Samuel. I am so sorry that I forgot to do that earlier. Uh, but there you go. You guys, you guys are in there. I I need to put together a doc for this ep- for this show. I have one for for Rebel Cells that keeps me on track and and make sure I don't don't forget things. Um, I need to do that for this podcast as well. I did it once and you were reluctant to refer to it. And then, so I was like, whatever, this isn't worth no, it. No, but I would look at it as soon as the podcast started. And you said, Amanda, did you look at the document? And I went, oops, no. And then I opened it. And then I would refer to it while yeah. we were, while we were part recording. of the point of the document was to be prepared for the episode going into it. <laughs> but um, anyways, I, I don't know why you thought we should try to style this podcast in any way other than what it is. Yeah. I, just to come to the chaos. I need the doc in front of me so that I remember yes. when I do the ad break to mention the Patreon producers. But uh, uh, thank you guys for supporting us on Patreon, in particular our Patreon producers. Uh, and uh, you know what? Maybe I should just mention them at the top of the show. That's probably that's a great idea. Uh, that's a better idea. I, I thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week with another. So we gonna be back next week. We'll be back next week, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm also going to be podcasting a lot. Um, like, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of just like screen time and talking that it might be nice to just like <laughs> take a break. Stop doing. Maybe. I actually tried to book a wine night with my friends, and I was busy until Thursday because <laughs> I've got stuff I'm doing all week. I'm like, how am I at home in quarantine and busy? Anyways, I. Uh... Well, hopefully we're keeping everybody busy with these. Uh, I'll be back on, for those of you who are listening to this on Tuesday morning, I'll be back on Wednesday night at 8.30 Pacific time uh, with another quarantine zone. I don't have a guest for Wednesday yet. I got to figure that out. Um, but then I, I so I'm, I'm reducing it to two episodes a week because three episodes was a lot. So I, I'll be back on Wednesday and then again on Friday. Um, nice. I do have a guest for Friday that I'm very excited about, but you'll have to tune in on Wednesday to find out who that is. Find out. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will catch you next week.
Stay safe and be kind to one another.